0: Welcome to Life School series 2, Bumps and Babies. As I record this today, I am currently 23 weeks and four days pregnant with my first baby, which I'm so excited to share, I now know is a little girl. I'm still in the process of recording this series, and my plan was to start releasing episodes once I'd finished recording with all my wonderful guests. However, in light of the current global situation with coronavirus, recording for now is on hold. So I've decided to share with you the episodes I've recorded so far over the past couple of months. I know many of us are currently self-isolating at home with lots of time on our hands, so what better time to listen to your favourite podcasts or perhaps discover some new ones. As a first-time mum, pregnancy, birth and babies is a whole new world for me, and I personally want to educate myself as much as I can before my little one arrives. From positive birth stories, information on hypnobirthing, water births, c-sections, baby massage and more, I hope throughout this series I can shed some light on just some of the areas you may be worried about or even just intrigued about. Thank you to all the incredible birth workers and women who have made this series possible so far and thank you so much for listening. Welcome to another very special bonus episode of Bumps and Babies with someone you may recognise from recent UAE media headlines. My guest today is Hannah O'Reilly, an American UAE resident who found herself stuck in the US whilst visiting family back in March, six months pregnant due to the coronavirus. Hannah's very personal pregnant during a pandemic story is one of sheer determination, perseverance, hope, and incredible leadership from the United Arab Emirates. This episode was recorded virtually during lockdown, so apologies in advance if the sound quality isn't 100%. If you'd like to reach out to myself or Hannah, you can find our details in the show notes below. Happy listening! Hannah, welcome to Life School.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much for giving me your time today. And uh, like me, you are also an expecting first-time mum. That's right. How many weeks are you now?
1: Um, I'll be finishing my 30th week on Friday, so... Uh, just about to hit my thirty-first week.
0: We are literally a week apart.
1: Oh, perfect! I'm I'm
0: just about to finish my twenty-ninth week, um, and uh, Friday I'll be starting my thirtieth week.
1: So. so we're both entering the achy, the achy times.
0: <laughs> yeah, a um, week actually, and I'll be very honest with you. I am recording this from my bed. Me too. <laughs> because I just cannot get comfortable and it's only this past week that this has happened and I'm not actually even that big
1: it's Um, it's new to me also um and I mean we'll get into this but it I went into quarantine recently and that just everything everything changed when I wasn't moving quite as much and now I feel like it's all downhill (laughs)
0: Well, it's funny you say about the moving because since our restrictions here have eased a little bit, I've started walking again and I'm trying to walk every other day for a couple of hours.
1: And it makes all stretch. the difference. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, makes, it makes all the else difference, else you find but it's yourself just terrible at
0: home, don't you?
1: Mhm, absolutely. Um, and I
0: don't know about you, but my baby is definitely more active at night.
1: Ah. Any time I, I really want nice. her to not be is one. She is, yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, this is definitely a definitely a new phase, but it's okay. We're in the third trimester now. We are we are at the last the last hurdle. So yeah. um hopefully this is um yeah, this is this is just a little bit of discomfort before Know, the joy of welcoming our little
1: ones. Before all the discomfort and joy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's a whole different type of discomfort exactly. from, what, from what I'm learning. But um, <laughs> Hannah, I want to start by talking about your very personal pregnant during a pandemic story. So can you start from the beginning?
1: Yes, absolutely. It's um, a long story, but I'll try not to uh, get carried away. I, in early March, went from Dubai, where I live, back to the United States, where I'm from. So I flew into New York City and then went down the shore in New Jersey to stay with my family. Um, There were some changes in Dubai that had happened, but there were basically no changes happening in the U.S. And I had really mistakenly... Convinced myself that there were places in the world that were having a lot of trouble with coronavirus, but that the US wasn't one of those places. Um, I regret that a lot. But at the time, the president of the US was saying everything's under control, we're on the up and up. And when I was speaking to my family, it seemed like everything back there was totally normal. And when I checked with my doctor here about flying back, There was just some precautions, kind of, um, just some extra care that we talked about taking in the plane. So I flew back to the U.S. in the beginning of March. And when I landed in JFK, uh, my false beliefs were totally reconfirmed because things were so normal. At the airport, there wasn't, like, thermal scans. Most people, even the staff, weren't wearing masks. I didn't even see, like, a sign that said, you know, if you've been coughing, do this or that. Um, So I went back home, life as normal, and I was finally sharing my pregnancy with my family. This is the first grandchild in the family. I'm the oldest of four, and all my siblings came back to my parents. We were all together. And pretty quickly, things did change there. Um, I actually think it was my first night that President Trump uh basically all normal television was int- interrupted for him to make a public service announcement mm-hmm. where he warned that um, actually the virus was coming and it was going to be worse than expected. So pretty quickly things started to change there. I was lucky. I got in uh, one big night of seeing close friends and then I got in my baby shower. But by, like, my fifth day home, I'd say, uh, I wasn't seeing anyone anymore. (laughs) Um, It was still nice to be with my family, but we were starting to stay home. At that point, it was by our own choice.
0: I was going to say, was that because that was the messaging going out, or you just decided to
1: stop? At that point, I think, you know what? In the UAE, schools had been closed a while. We had all been using hand sanitizer a while and things like this. But in the US this was like brand new. So the fear and the fast spread of terrifying information was pretty overwhelming to to all my friends and family. It's like it's like they thought this was just in China and then suddenly they knew people who were sick. So, I would say everyone Everyone quickly went home and was trying to catch up, really. Uh, So for for a little bit, it was by choice that we were kind of laying low. Um, But I had all my family home with me anyway, so we could still take walks and things like that. But I spoke with my husband on March 17th, which was actually my birthday, because the UAE had put out an announcement saying, uh, soon tourists can't come in anymore and if you're a resident you should probably make your way back so on March 17th i i think that was my fifth or sixth day only that i was home we tried to change my flight but i think i mean this is a good thing but i think all the residents were trying to do the same thing and there must have been so many of us abroad so the most immediate flights were booked um that was a Tuesday and I think I booked to go back to the UAE Friday morning so I was cutting my trip like 2 weeks short and I I really thought I was just I didn't that didn't feel urgent. <laughs> I really thought I was just doing like the smart thing like you know what I saw who I needed to see and this isn't a good time to be home and it's better to be back with Dan if things are getting Dan's my husband if things are getting a bit Hairy. It's better I just get home quicker. Um, and then Wednesday, so the very next day, well, at least U.S. time, it was Wednesday. I found out that residents were no longer allowed back in the UAE. So my world kind of came crashing down. Actually, it completely came crashing down. I and was.
0: The airline got in touch with you to say no this flight is cancelled. Okay, so you found out via the news.
1: I did. I found out via UAE news. And, in fact, when I called the airline, they hadn't heard of it. At, uh, at that time, I was supposed to be flying with Air France, and they didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> um, I also actually was seemingly the very first person to call the UAE embassy in D.C. because... The guy who picked up also was surprised and confused by what I was calling about. So he's like, can I look into this and call you back? Um, So I suppose in that sense, I I was lucky to be a little ahead of the curve. I just happened to see the news as soon as it broke that residents could no longer go into the UAE. There was about a 10-hour window. I think it was like 2 a.m. UAE time. And by noon UAE time, no one else could enter anymore. Um, Maybe for a small few people, that that was enough time. Maybe if someone was in Riyadh or even London, maybe, they could get their way back really quick in that window of time. But I was already a 13-hour flight away, so there was no chance for me. So (laughs) I had to call my husband and... Uh, We immediately got on the phones as much as we could with embassies and everything, and it became quickly apparent that I was going to need to sit tight and see what happens. Um, The UAE very quickly went into action of setting up hotlines for people like me who were in kind of extreme situations and really needed to get back sooner than later. But I think no one could have... Expected how many of us ended up being stuck. There's at least 29,000, definitely more, UAE residents who are stuck overseas right now. So all the systems got completely overwhelmed. Understandably, no country had sort of a plan or system or process in place for something like this to happen. And as much as it hurt when they shut the borders to residents, I do understand because I was in America. At the time that they said no Europeans are allowed in anymore. And all the residents, all the U.S. nationals from Europe need to come back now. When that announcement was made, U.S. airports were totally overwhelmed. This isn't something anyone could prepare for. And they had enormous crowds of U.S. nationals coming back from Europe. Huge, dangerous crowds, dangerous by, I mean, huge crowds where inevitably some people in these crowds have coronavirus and yet they're all stuck together for hours, elbow to elbow. So I do understand what the UAE needed to avoid, unfortunately. I was completely devastated and really terrified. I was lucky to be at my family's house, of course, but there were six adults now in this house with all my siblings being home too. And I, two of my family members are essential employees. And my mom is a recovering cancer patient. So we had quite a mix of essential employees, high-risk uh, high situations, myself being six months pregnant at the time. I also have my insurance in the UAE. Uh, which wouldn't cover me in the U.S. I did take out travel insurance, of course, to go to the U.S., but that was going to end when my when my trip was going to end. Um, U.S. insurance, U.S. health system is very complicated. So, but let's just say that wasn't looking good for me at all, mm-hmm. especially at a time where it looked like soon hospitals could actually be completely overwhelmed anyway. So I was looking into costs, and it looked like um, the first few situations I heard of where people without insurance were getting treated for coronavirus was around 30000 U.S. dollars, and that was just the virus. That's before I considered um, all the prenatal care I was probably going to need and labor, of course. So it was becoming very daunting. Uh... The possible cost financially and impact on my husband and I at a time where, of course, you're supposed to be as careful as you can with money. A baby coming soon, we were basically about to bankrupt ourselves. I was,
0: and also having a baby in the UAE, there are financial implications. You know, you need insurance. There are costs involved, which I'm sure that that you've already planned for with your husband. So there's already a level of financial investment involved with having a baby here.
1: Yes, very true.
0: you know, that on top of, okay, well, now I might find myself in a different country having to pay again.
1: Right, because our crib is already here. Our car seat is already here. Like, yes, you're right. Um, All my doctor's records are already there. And I was so careful choosing a hospital and all these things that suddenly seemed... Out the window, uh, and then when I when things did start to really get scary in America, which of course currently it, things are things are quite scary in terms of the healthcare system trying to manage all the coronavirus patients. I started to think maybe money is going to be the least of my worries if I can't even get treatment. Um, and I started. To, I started actually looking into the options of just delivering at home at my parents' house where I didn't even have a bedroom and we were kind of like the room that used to be the kid's room, like the toy room, kind of. We were sort of rearranging (laughs) for me to stay long term, maybe with a baby. Uh, And then, of course, the idea of this is my first child and my husband missing the birth. Uh, That was devastating, both of us. And... What if, I mean, how many months might go by before my husband could maybe even meet the baby? He's not American. He doesn't have a green card. He's British. Uh, We thought about maybe both of us just rushing to the UK, but I can't get NHS care there either. And things weren't looking safe in the UK either. It it just, it was such a mess. And gosh, I, I was so... I was so broken. I wasn't sleeping. I got hives for the first time in my life. This never happened to me before. I I was just so broken. And I was making myself more sick by saying to myself how important it is that I don't get stressed out at this time in my pregnancy. Um, which wasn't helping at all. So I, I kind of just went into this turbo mode and... I don't. I mean, I had a lot of motivation. I don't know if maybe some maternal instinct might have kicked in. I don't think I had been experiencing any mama bear things before this, but I just, I just went into like superhuman mode of doing everything I could to try to get the right person to hear. I'm in a dire situation, please just let me back on one of these planes." Because there were still commercial flights going back to the UAE, but residents and tourists weren't allowed on them, only Emiratis. So I saw that as an opportunity that if the right person hears my story and hears what trouble I'm in and what danger I'm in, I'm sure they'll let me on one of these flights. I'll book it myself, I'm not asking for anything, just, just permission. And I just went wild. I was calling every ministry I could think of. I was emailing every ministry I could think of. I was personally messaging ministers and she- shakes on LinkedIn. I, I was begging airlines. I was crying over and over and over to the UAE embassy in D.C. I was calling there so much that I made friends with the guy who, who usually picks up the phone there. Um... And he started to kind of have personal interest in, in hoping that I could be helped too even though he couldn't do anything he was texting my mom's phone whenever he heard updates um, I, there was, sweet. I know there was someone from Emirates who I cried to and she started like personally texting when she heard updates too I mean a lot of people wanted to help and it was a it was a beautiful thing to see but there really wasn't much anyone could do. Um, and then as like a last hurrah i mean i i also felt quite embarrassed and uncomfortable kind of begging you know in, in every facebook group i was in in the uae do you, don't do any of you know someone who could help me do any of you know someone high up um is a side of me that i didn't want to i it, it wasn't a typical in typical character of me to just kind of be on my knees begging but i i was just willing to do anything and um i ended up making a twitter account to tell my story and tell my situation and i was tagging everyone i could in all of the uae uh local media in, in the news stations and very quickly Someone from Gulf News and someone from the National um, wrote stories about me. And at this point, I was for sure one of the very first residents stuck abroad whose story got put in the local news. There had been a little bit of stories about students who were stuck. And I was the first, I guess, medical situation that got in the media uh, that got a ton of attention it was like the top story on Gulf news for a few hours but then <laughs> it was just too little too late I thought because the airport ended up shutting completely to commercial flights too there was no flights in transit there was no normal commercial flights of Emiratis coming in anymore it was just shut except for cargo and so I thought like Okay, that was it. And that had been about five days of what felt like fighting for my life. And that night, oddly enough, was the first night that I finally like slept again. Because I was just like, I did everything I could. There was nothing else I could do. The gates are closed now and that's that. So the next morning, my mom and I started talking about kind of redoing the room i was in i was staying on like a futon so we talked about redoing the room to get me some more space maybe some drawers just anticipating me being there for a very long time and i got a call from the ministry of foreign affairs a director there telling me that his highness sheikh mohammed ben zayed had read had read my story and had instructed my immediate return back to the uae I don't think I even let him finish saying that much before I was just absolutely sobbing, ugly crying on the phone, (laughs) just over and over saying, like, thank you, thank you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just so happy. Thank you. Thank you. And like all my family ran into the room. (laughs) No one knew, understood what was happening. And then my brother was like, are you sure that's not a scam? So I spent the rest of the day wondering if it was a scam. Because if the same call had happened, like, oh, President Donald Trump has insured, then it would be a scam. Like, it would definitely be a scam.
0: Totally. Yeah, you'd think this is way too good to be true.
1: Yeah. And then that night, the guy from the UAE embassy in D.C., the same one who I had become kind of buddies with, Mr. Abdul, he called and said, oh, I'm so happy to be giving you this call. We're arranging for you to get on an emergency flight this weekend. And I, then I was just like, oh my gosh, this is happening. So after that, every every moment after that was just smooth. I went to an, a hotel in Washington, D.C. It was all arranged. Someone was waiting to speak to me there. And I was getting on an evacuation flight with, uh, it seemed to be like mostly Emirati families who were sort of left behind in the U.S. and needed to make their way. A lot of them, I think, were living in the U.S. and it had been decided that for the time being it would be better to be in the UAE through all of this. And some, um, my understanding was that they were actually in the U.S. for medical treatment um, and had been sent there by the UAE. So now they were returning back to the UAE. Um, A lot of children... so it was good to see all these people getting back to the UAE as well. And I was put on an Etihad flight with them and brought back to Abu Dhabi. Everything about the flight was easy. The airport in Abu Dhabi, I was blown away that in such, as they say, unprecedented times, things could be so completely organized and clear and safe the crowd control was wonderful all the staff that was at Abu Dhabi airport waiting for us was prepared and kind and gentle and seemed to really understand that we had just been through something very overwhelming Uh, we did nasal swab testing at the airport of course and then we were put on a bus with all of our suitcases and we were brought to a quarantine hotel in Abu Dhabi for us it was the Radisson Blue on Yas Island in Abu Dhabi so from landing on the tarmac to getting to my hotel was barely two hours uh, considering all the processes we had to go through I, I was just I really was anticipating like six hours I thought there were so many of us. We have to go through testing. Immigration is going to be a little different. But it was so smooth and painless. And then when I got to the hotel, um, there, was, there were camera crews waiting for me um, for the local Arabic government news agency, uh, which was terrifying because... I can't imagine how I looked. (laughs) Um, I had just been through like the most overwhelming whirlwind time of my life. Now I had just flown 13 hours and it was like the middle of the night UAE time. Uh, But I think I handled that okay. But I think it was like the last, the last strike. Like it was the straw that broke the camel's back that when I checked into my hotel room in quarantine, instead of being a little worried or scared or frustrated about the idea of being locked in a room for two weeks, I was literally excited. I was like, there's nothing more that I need right now than to just be in a room taken care of in a comfortable bed, sleeping when I want and eating when I want and no one bothering me. Like, I needed... To recover so badly that I truly enjoyed being in government quarantine. So the deal was that I had to stay in this room for two weeks. I was not allowed to leave the room. My only human interaction every day was people came in full PPE to check our temperatures. Um, I was not allowed in the hallway. People would, uh, the staff there would leave meals of course three times a day they just knocked on the door by the time you got there they were gone and the food was at your door we left our garbage outside the room we were delivered linens twice a week same way just sat at the door um if we needed any extra things like i don't know coffee stirrers or towels we just called downstairs and it was brought up um they took our laundry twice a week to do if we wanted again we just left it in the hallway it was pretty simple process. I had a beautiful balcony overlooking the water and the golf course. Um, I, I had it made. I was totally fine. And since I'm pregnant, I had a little bit of like a... I guess they considered me to be a dietary restriction, I suppose. So I had like a separate little menu and I could call down and order specific meals if I wanted them. Or I could just see what they brought, which was usually... Um, maybe lamb and rice and certain dips. Um, But if I was in the mood for pasta one night, that was fine. I could call down and get pasta. So I was really well taken care of. And it seemed that the hotel was being run by Department of Health. Although I do believe there was a lot of the typical hotel staff there, especially for the restaurant. Overall, it was being run by the Department of Health. So everything was very sanitary, and safe. I could even see out of my little peephole that they were like sanitizing the hallway all the time. Um, So I felt completely, totally safe being in there. We waited in there for like a week and a half before they took our second nasal swab test. And then as long as we, um, as long as we were negative for both tests, so the one at the airport and then the one later in the hotel, then we were allowed to leave. And lucky for us, we were actually able to leave on the 11th or 12th day because our test results came back quickly. So we didn't even need to wait the 14 days. Dan picked me up at the hotel and then I went home and it's been heaven ever since.
0: When you when you said about getting the call um, from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, I literally started to well up because I just, I cannot even imagine how overwhelmed and worried and anxiety ridden you must have been
1: yes I I actually only told yeah I only told my husband and my parents I mean I even have some other friends who were stuck and I just didn't I just didn't say anything because I was so afraid to rock the boat or so afraid to like jinx myself I don't even know what I was afraid of I just I just thought to myself, I'm not even gonna accept this as reality until I'm in the UAE.
0: <laughs> and I and I think that is your your mama bear maternal instincts coming through. Cause it's like that I'm gonna do anything I can.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: To make sure that I can have my baby with my husband. <laughs> yeah. You know, in a in a safe environment as planned.
1: Even the whole time that I was fighting so hard, there was still a voice that was like, you're not being rational. This is not sane. This is not healthy. Just trust the UAE. They have their process in place. You need to calm down. You need to relax. And I just kept shooing that away and just going crazy, (laughs) trying more and more routes.
0: And obviously when your husband came to pick you up from the hotel, that must have just been the most amazing moment
1: um we had put a lot of expectation into that being the most amazing moment but here's the thing there was like a few hundred people leaving at the same time so like I saw him and we like ran up to hug and then they were sort of like like hurrying us and rushing us to grab my bags and then like they, my ca- The car was like in the wrong place. They said, and so it ended up being kind of <laughs> a reality check. Also, that like none of this is romantic. <laughs> this is all yeah. a mess. It was really a reminder <laughs> of the times. And like, um, I don't think I had my gloves on yet. And I don't know. It was just. It was kind of. And then I for- almost forgot a bag. So no. <laughs> but when we got home, yes, absolutely. Like I walked through the gate. And, like, basically was about to just crumble. Just the final exhale. Like, okay, we made it.
0: And how many weeks is it now that you've been back?
1: I think this is my fourth week back. Amazing. And it's, it's like, different. I I don't know. I mean, of course it's different. It's different for everyone. My husband is home 24-7. We don't leave the house. Of course it's different. But I knew when I got home, we we were going to get along like never before. Like we were just going to be afraid to even leave each other's sight for a few days because of how traumatic it was to like feel like we were getting ripped away from each other for God knows how long. Um, but that has lasted for almost a month now of like we're, we're just cherishing every minute together like has never ever been look we love each other I don't mean we don't like (laughs) enjoy being together but this is really different we're just very we have like attachment issues right now like like a child being pulled away from their mom's leg is like how we both feel one of us goes shopping and the other one is upset wanting them to come back it's Crazy. I mean, it's beautiful. It's romantic. But it's also a sad reminder of, like, the impact that that this has, I guess. I mean, I remember. It
0: is a moment. That is exactly what it is. And it's something that we could never have imagined experiencing. Never. In our lifetime.
1: No. Um, No.
0: It's so surreal.
1: It's Um, like a horror movie.
0: It is. It's Except just things like, like this have happened
1: movie. in yeah things like this have happened in horror movies, and it's actually way worse <laughs> than in the movies.
0: Hmm. And I think also, obviously, being pregnant, especially for the first time. I mean, there's so many things that you feel, so many things that you think. Um, you know, on a minute by minute basis.
1: And yeah, and there was a time. My
0: entire world turned upside down
1: during exactly. that time. Yes, there was a time, and I wonder if you're experiencing this too. There was a period after I got home when I was able to start to, um, actually like I suppose, digest what had happened to me. And I felt so angry. I think I had put so much time, and this is what I should have been feeling, feeling lucky and feeling grateful, And overall, that's all I feel all the time. But there was a a few hours that I just felt so angry thinking, this is so unfair. I've been excited to be pregnant my whole life. I've done everything right. I've planned everything right. And now it's just, there's no, like... The magic's gone i don't get to celebrate this with my family i don't get to go out with my friends in the cute outfits i'm not gonna have a baby shower in the uae no photographer is gonna take newborn photos with me my mom can't even come to the hospital like i just felt like something i was excited for my whole life got ripped away and there must be so many people who feel this people who are canceling their weddings and all these things. But, yeah, I wonder if you've been kind of feeling, like, gypped. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think – I mean, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts at the moment, um, not just related to pregnancy, but just in general about what we're – you know, the times we're living in. And something that really resonates with me is that we should allow ourselves to feel however we
1: feel. But that's and- what I think I was struggling with because I kept – trying to override my own feelings by saying, there's pregnant women who are still stuck. There's pregnant women who have coronavirus. There's pregnant women who, you know, this and that. And those things are still true and still horrible. And that's what usually I'm thinking about. Um, but for this but brief are- time, I also was like, that also this isn't fair. <laughs> exactly. And
0: you're allowed to feel all those things at once. Mm-hmm. You know, you can completely um, be full of gratitude and understand that you are lucky and there's other people that are still stuck abroad and in and in much worse situations. But at the same time, you can be really angry and pissed off that, you know, I'm not having a baby shower. I don't know if my mom's going to be able to come in and, and see her first grandchild being born. Yep. Um, I'm not able to have coffee dates with my other pregnant friends. Um, even, like you say, you know, going out in, like, cute outfits and showing off your bump. I was still excited for all these things. That's that's looking more and more like it's just not going to happen during our pregnancies. Yep. You know, we we only have two months left. So, and also, even if, you know, like here, the malls are starting to open, but I still don't feel ready to go to a
1: mall. Uh Uh-huh.
0: So you know it's like okay well even if things are starting to slightly get back to some normality I'm not ready to kind of um be out with possible crowds and I'm not I'm still not even seeing anyone (laughs) you know I'm Uh still just at home like you so I think that we're allowed to feel that at the same time as lots of other different and you're right it's what's not okay is to try and shut those feelings off
1: Mm. yeah so that's something I'm still working on because uh, I remember when I first got home I'm 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 still very very active with the community of residents who are stuck abroad I've built uh, an Instagram account just for them Um, although I'm with an amazing
0: Instagram name can I say
1: yes it's yeah Queen quarantine (laughs) Queen Quarantine UAE. Um, I built it at first kind of as a thank you to the UAE and as a thank you to His Highness. I wanted to use it to kind of showcase and highlight how incredible the UAE has been. at, Well, their treatment towards me, but also in just their handling of this entire situation. I wanted to showcase it to the USA. Um, And then it kind of took on a life of its own because I was very lucky that loads of emiratis follow the account and are always in touch with me showing their love and support uh, which has made all the difference and offering to help in any way that they can other residents who are stuck abroad and then other residents who are stuck abroad have been following it to understand if there's suddenly uh, an update in the form that they have to fill out or if there's new rules implemented with the airlines or things like that so it's kind of taken on a life of its own that I was only showcasing how great the UAE is and what it's like to be in quarantine here in a five-star hotel. <laughs> um, and it turned into kind of a, a helpline of updates for residents who are stuck abroad. So when one resident might get exciting new news, they let me know and I posted it on there and then, you know, a thousand other residents see it. Um, so I'm really active still in the, with the residents who are still stuck abroad. Maybe that's, my survivor's guilt or also, I think, my way to pay it forward, how lucky I've been. But in the initial few and weeks...
0: Do you, do you feel... Sorry, Hannah. Do you also feel like this is giving you something to focus on as well?
1: Yes. In quarantine, um, everyone thought I must be so bored. And I wasn't at all. I was spending as much time as I could like working on this... Sorry, my cat's just interrupting. <laughs> working on this Instagram account and trying to help people who were also in like severe emergency situations. There's a lot of pregnant women. There's children who are stuck abroad without their parents. There's parents who are stuck abroad and their children are here alone. There's um, cancer patients. There's really severe situations. So yeah, I think it was, it felt natural and the right thing to do and certainly time consuming to when I got into quarantine, just do what I could to try and help them um, connect with the media like I did, or uh, understand the steps that they needed to take to get approval from the UAE. Uh, now there's been maybe maybe like 20 of us have gotten back um, and the UAE is still kind of working on some sort of procedure to get everyone else back safely. Um, but I'm still trying to update them with the different steps that they need to do to kind of be, I suppose, first in the queue to get back when, when it's time to get back. Um, but they were calling me the chosen one and the lucky one in the beginning, and I think I no one meant anything bad by that at all. But I think that I took that to heart that anytime I did feel bummed out, like we were talking about, I then was like, you can't feel upset. You can't feel mad. You're the chosen one. You're the lucky one. Um, I think I've come a little farther now to find some balance, like you said, and just feel how I feel.
0: Yeah, it is like that survivor's guilt, isn't it? Yeah, it's strange to call it that, but that's
1: definitely what it is. And now the women who, it's for whatever reason, mostly been women and children at this point who've been able to make their way back. And... Most of the people who've made their way back have gotten in touch with me saying like, I want to help people too. Um, and we're all feeling this pain of, there's so many people who, what, what if they deserved it more? What if they need it more? What if, what if something happens to them? And um, I, it is survivor's guilt, as weird as it sounds.
0: I think that's where a lot of my sort of low days um, and sadness and anger come from is seeing other people in really dire situations.
1: People are really um, suffering, yeah.
0: Really suffering. And even people that aren't stuck abroad, even just people that are here, residents that have lost jobs. Yep. And, you know... um,
1: Even the situations with the school, yeah, it's hard to compare it to someone stuck abroad with cancer, but it's still terribly stressful and
0: people just having their lives turned upside down and I'm you know I'm on so many of these amazing community groups and at some point last week I had to give myself a little social media break yeah just because I was taking in too much yeah and it was it was really affecting me which sounds really selfish no no you know it's it's um it's not like I am going through But it's depressing. But it was it was really it was just making me feel so sad Mm -hmm. and I I was just like I can't I wanna help I wanna help so many people but I also only can do so much right now. Mm -hmm. And I think as long as you you do what you can within your capacity right now. Yeah even if it's just a family member or a neighbour or you're
1: exactly right because whatever it might be. These people are reaching out to me once they're back and they're like, what can we do? What can we do to get other people back? And I've had to kind of lower their expectations. Like, we can't get people back, but we can find out what we can do for them here. Do they need us to call Etisalat for them and sort something out? Do they need us to deliver groceries to their mother? Do, you know, like there's... Exactly. But it's you just want to save them uh, and it's it's, it's not possible.
0: But those practical things really help. Mm. Um, you know, there's a lot of people I'm reading that are stuck um, abroad, but still obviously need to continue paying their rent here, mm-hmm. sorting out bills, lots yeah. of sort of like practical life admin things that they just need help with yeah. because they can't do it from where they are. So even things on that level do make a big difference to people.
1: I hope so. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. Especially there's a lot of people you wouldn't believe how many who are abroad and their children are here. Um,
0: uh, I mean that just completely breaks my heart. I know. I can't I, know. I can't even imagine and I have obviously seen some some news with um, you know children being reunited and the, the photos mm-hmm. are just as they come off the plane you know, wearing their masks
1: and- yeah, they make me cry. Imagine how we'll feel in a few months seeing those videos. And-
0: I know and and it's and it's weird because i I went to the UK in February um, to see my family like you it's the first grandchild to actually enjoy a little bit of my pregnancy with my family and to do some baby shopping with my mom and mm-hmm. um, and coronavirus was very much in the public domain but it wasn't something we were taking seriously
1: it was like a meme you know, still
0: it, yeah it was just we were still we yeah. Were able to
1: if someone would cough or, and the other people would like to use them, like it, it was um, not.
0: It, it wasn't really on our radar or something serious. And yep. I was only home for a week, and if I'd have if I'd have timed that trip a week just a week later, I would have found myself in a very similar situation to you. And although I would have been with family, and yes, we have the National Health Service, the thought of giving birth right now, you know, in my local hospital, in my town, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, yeah, that's not somewhere I want to be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's not particularly safe. They are completely overrun um, away from my husband, Like, it's our first baby. I just, I, I couldn't even imagine. And that only really hit me a couple of weeks into once I got back. And I've had so many conversations with my mom where we're like, imagine if we just timed that a week later.
1: It's so. I don't know if we should be doing it or shouldn't, but it's really hard to say. Like, oh my gosh, imagine this little change that could have.
0: I know. It's it's
1: just. I actually can't fly now. I'm. Um, it's not a big deal, but I, I'm. I'm struggling to pull in as much oxygen as I need for the both of us. And she's getting everything she needs, you know, intro to motherhood 101. She's sucking me dry. Um, So it's me actually who's like a little low on oxygen. So I actually can't fly now. So me, you know, waiting for the normal UAE process wouldn't have worked. I just found out a few weeks ago. I got back when I could get back and that was the end of it. And there was no no getting back from now on. And that that was your chance. Yeah. Which I mean, I came home and like saying to my husband, like, you know, if, if they suddenly let all the pregnant women back mid May, I couldn't have come. That is just ah, uh, It's so hard to imagine.
0: I know. And I'm just so happy for you that you're here. Thank you, me too. And- what a year for our children to be and I know.
1: They're not going to be grateful <laughs> at all. Everyone's going to say to them, do you know what your mom went through? Do you know how hard it was being pregnant at that time? Do you know how hard your mom fought? She got a shaking ball. Our kids are just going to be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, whatever.
0: Yeah, whatever, mom. I've heard this story a million times.
1: Same with everyone else in my class. they all, all yeah. the <laughs> corona kids. Then I think I know, it's, all...
0: just, it's just crazy and I wanted to ask you as a, as a fellow uh, expectant first time mum what have you been enjoying any particular services or virtual experiences because there's so much happening now online in the world of sort of prenatal care is there anything that you've been particularly enjoying or that you I
1: think I've been doing myself a disservice because I so badly want to do one of these corny breathing classes where my husband sits behind me and <laughs> like from the movies that I've been yeah. kind of holding back accepting like no it's going to be online now so um but I just recently started kind of picking and choosing a hypnobirthing online and uh looking at to like learn how to breastfeed because I am clueless to all of these things. But what I have been doing is um, just finding some free prenatal yoga and some free pre prenatal like physical therapy, I suppose, uh, of just learning to do the right stretches before bed and stuff like that. That has made such a huge difference. Um, like I said, I... Like, my body completely changed when I was in quarantine. Everything became stiff and achy, and I was totally fine before that. So now I've just been trying to kind of loosen up, I guess. Um, So for me, it's been YouTube.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's so much amazing content out there. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm actually doing a, a hypnobirthing course with a lady called Jasmine Collins, and I was going to do her May course, and then I said, no, let's wait until June, because maybe by then it will be in person, because I also sort of envisaged us there together. I'm the lying class. to myself
1: anyway, because my husband would hate a class like that.
0: <laughs> well, sort of, I've, I've managed to kind of convince my husband, Rami, to, to do this with me, because he really wants to be there and be part of it, and he now is going to be the only person that can be there
1: yeah so you've made a great point if i say those I'm words going to, to him, on
0: him i'm gonna to have to rely on him a lot more so he needs to know what's going on
1: oh um, thank you for saying that i'm using yeah, that tonight yeah because
0: we're only allowed one one birthing partner right so oh
1: i love I that am that will more. work thank I am you
0: this, uh, yeah because initially i was i had all these ideas of maybe i'll have a doula maybe my mum will be there even my mother-in-law you know i was 16, so banking on my mom doing yeah um but obviously that's not going to happen for us anymore no so i was like you know bramie you're going to be in the room you really need to know the basics um especially as i'm trying to i'm doing hypnobirthing and i really really want to try and have a calm and peaceful birth so you know you're my birthing partner Mm. (laughs) You're so, so you need right. you need to you need to learn a little bit. Yeah, pressure's um, on. Yeah, I, I pressure's on. So I really wanted to do an in person thing, but that's that's not going to happen. So it is going to be virtual, but I think it will still work really well. Um, and I guess you know, a lot of businesses are are kind of realizing how much can actually get done virtually.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Things and are going to be really different. Quite
0: amazing the things I'm seeing. You know hypnobirthing classes, prenatal classes, breastfeeding consultations, all these sort of amazing things happening online. It's like, wow, you know, we, we can still get a lot done just from, from being at home. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Hannah, what would, what would be your advice for other mums to be right now, like us, who are facing uncertainty around their birth preferences and birth circumstances due to coronavirus?
1: Probably what we touched on, which is you're probably seeing so many people suffering that you're maybe stopping yourself from uh, letting yourself feel your own mourning and your own grief. And I think try to let yourself feel those things. If it means talking to other women who are pregnant, and that's, that's what's worked for me. Just someone who's like, oh my gosh, I totally agree. Um, Maybe that person is you and me. Maybe at least just listening right now, you know that other people are feeling that too. Don't feel bad for feeling bad, I think is probably what I would have to say. We did get chipped, and it's okay if you feel like you got chipped.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because we did. And And it's funny you say the word grief because I've listened to so many amazing podcasts that you know, philosophers and incredible people who say what we are going through is a type of grief
1: I think and it so, is leaving
0: yeah. a life that we that we have been planning and imagining whatever circumstance you might be in and it is a form of grief because we're having to accept that that's not the way it is anymore and that's that's a big thing
1: it's so true
0: you know, and I think we have to just allow ourselves to have those days. Sometimes, whether pregnant or not, where I've I've definitely had them where I just think, no, I'm not. Fe- I'm not feeling chipper today. I just I'm just gonna feel how I am. I'm just today's a quiet day. I'm feeling a bit low.
1: Yeah, I've had to take pressure off myself of like the productive self that I used to be, and just. If I got something done today, great. If I didn't, that's okay. <laughs> I probably just needed to sit.
0: Exactly. And especially now, as we get towards the end of our pregnancy, rest is so important. Mm-hmm. And really try and take this opportunity to rest as much as you can. Because if we weren't in lockdown, we probably... I know I would still be running around town trying to juggle a million things.
1: I'd be <laughs> yelling at myself that I need to rest. Yeah.
0: So we really need to, I'm saying this for the both of us, <laughs> it's time to rest as much as we can. Yep. Um, because, uh, yeah, soon soon that's all going to change. We won't be able to take a nap whenever we feel like yes. it. Yes, yes. Um, okay, we're going to do a quick fire round now, Hannah. Okay. Um, one thing that you've learned about yourself during your pregnancy.
1: That I am a fighter
0: 100% a million percent one thing you're looking forward to most about becoming a mum: the cuddles are you also um, completely obsessed with what your baby's going to look like because that's all I can think about. so
1: funny you should say that I can't um, I I think I've started to go through, um, the different like mama bear phases slowly, but surely there was a long time that I kept saying to my husband, I'm really worried. I don't feel any love yet. Um, and then it hit me like a ton of bricks. Of course, when all of this went down, I, I still didn't feel like mushy love, but I felt protective, fierce, um. I guess, yeah, protective love came into play. And then I got home and I started to feel the cutesy love a little bit with her kicking and when my husband would kind of like lay on my lap and talk to her, you know, I started to feel a a softer love. And I keep picturing my husband with her and how cute that's going to be. But I can't still imagine myself with her. I've been thinking how cute it's going to be when he's, like, napping on the couch with her or, like, giving her a bath or in the pool with her. But I – it's still too hard to imagine me as a mom. (laughs) So, yeah, I
0: I still find it bizarre that they're in our tummy one minute and then they're out. I still find that really, like, she's in there right now. I feel like I I
1: understand it only as much as I did when I was five. Like, when I learned – I
0: keep. I keep saying to Rami, I just can't wait for her to be here. And he's like, You know, she's in your tummy right now, right? Yeah, I don't oh, feel yeah, I know, that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, outside. He's
1: yeah, like, I pushed. I, that. I started pushing <laughs> the other night, like thinking my cat was annoying me, and then realized my cat was nowhere near me and it was her kicking. And I was like, yeah. What? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's still often is too weird <laughs> it, is it is as Especially bizarre as when i so first nervous. found out babies live in mom's tummies i can't imagine what i was thinking then it's probably still what i'm thinking now
0: <laughs> yeah I, like I what agree. it's just a
1: human it's just in me and then i have like on my pregnancy plus app you can like zoom in to show the baby to size we did that last night and we both freaked. The hands are huge. The ears are so big. Of course, if she was in our arms, it would be so little. But holding it against my body, it's enormous. <laughs> yeah,
0: and now at this stage, you know, they are fully formed babies. They still have a lot of growing to do and, and sort of filling out. But if your baby is born now, um, of course, you know, they'd have to, you know, have some assistance and stay in the hospital for a little while. But they are... They are babies, like yeah. This, your your baby is pretty much fully formed.
1: So uh, that's why the
0: kicks are so strong now. Like it's mm-hmm. even now, like as I'm talking, it's constant. Yeah, constantly moving around. Yep. Um. Yeah, it's 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 just mad. But I'm I'm so intrigued to see what this little baby's gonna look like. Like
1: I am too, but I haven't even been able to. It's too weird to imagine. I, I've even had some dreams where I'm. Going to give birth, and then I wake up before I do because I can't actually imagine it. <laughs>
0: well, if you if you do do some hypnobirthing, I think that will really help as well.
1: Yeah, maybe um, I'm kind of scared of, like, to imagine it. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, I think definitely. You still have plenty of time.
1: Mm. Um,
0: start listening to some stuff and watching some stuff because I think it, yeah, it really
1: helps. Yes, it's definitely time. I got to get on it.
0: Yeah, no. You've, I think this is this is the right time. It's like the yeah. last ten weeks. It's the final countdown.
1: But I love um, your what, your tips to say to my husband.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want to know his reaction. Um, what's one thing you've discovered about yourself during this lockdown period?
1: Um, you know, I, I hope this doesn't come off wrong, but I think it's that. Um, my husband and I can be all up in each other's faces 24-7 and not drive each other insane. That is not something I anticipated. We're a very, like, typical, like, loving couple, but we, we're still, like, there's a lot of banter and stuff. So, I mean, we're not even getting on each other's nerves, and that's weird. <laughs> it's been a surprise. I think that's a pleasant amazing, surprise.
0: Though. And maybe this whole sort of traumatic experience has made it sounds cheesy but has made you stronger yeah made you closer Mm -hmm. which is kind of perfect timing just before you're about to embark on yes right that's what I think
1: yeah
0: um what does motherhood mean to you in three words
1: three words it means life it means forever and then a scarier one—it means responsibility.
0: Yeah. So true. Oh, Hannah, thank you so much.
1: Thanks for having me. Your
0: Your story is honestly—it's so incredible. And I think it's not—it's not just a story about coronavirus and the times we're living in. But for me, it's—it's it's about how. Strong, our instincts as women can be.
1: Your, it's been really cool to find that out about myself, but something also super interesting I want to add to that is the people who have been reaching out to me the most fiercely like, I've done this and I've done this and I've done this and I was thinking about this and that and what do you think? And I think I'm also going to, it's all mothers. 100% 100 out of 100 people who message me like that it's mothers it's been wild and the people who are stepping up to volunteer with me when I'm saying like hi there's this woman she's in LA and she's struggling with her children and because she's stuck abroad and the children are here with a friend and the friend lost a job and da da da." it's all mothers who are immediate to message me what can I do, how can I help her I'll go today, what do they need it's mothers I've never seen this differentiation until now
0: I mean it doesn't surprise me just because of the little taster I've had into this world over the past couple of months Mm. Um, and what I've seen of just what it means to be a mum and then also I'm sure you're the same with your mum like that they'll tell you you just you do not stop when it comes to your children
1: yeah
0: like whatever it takes you do it
1: yeah there's been so many times that with good intentions people said "You, you know you need to just look after yourself right now you just need to look after your that's just not even i could not force myself to do that it would feel awful to just i can't now but now. isn't that the
0: amazing thing about women? It's like, yeah. yeah, but I can still look after myself and do this.
1: Yep. yep. Like
0: you have little faith. I <laughs> can still <laughs> I can still do this and this. Yep. Like I've got this, don't worry.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> oh Hannah, I'm so excited for you. And you you
1: you're having a little girl, right? I am.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like me.
1: Do you know what you're having? Yeah, little girl. Oh okay. <laughs>
0: I was, I was one of those annoying people that, like, literally from the six-week point, I was like,
1: can you tell me what it is? Oh, right? me too. I'm so type A, I and I envy, I envy people who have the calm and peace in their life that they could be surprised. I'm not one of those people.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm a I literally, I was asking my doctor from day one, like, how quickly can I find out if yep. it's a boy or girl? Because I just wanted to get my head around it.
1: Yes. And even once I, I knew she was a girl, normal. I had it checked three more times.
0: Yeah. Well, they kept saying to me sort of around 12 weeks, we think it's a girl. And then, you know, 16 weeks. We're 90% sure. And it was only until sort of like 23 weeks. Wow. The scan, that the doctor would say 100%. They were very cautious to say 100%. Yeah. Um, because I think, obviously, you know, sometimes it can't. It, it's not one hundred percent clear, mm-hmm. and then you kind of mess with people's emotions. So I don't think I even
1: cautious. trusted them until I could tell.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and then then I I was like, okay, right, time for really tutus
1: crazy. and bows. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I know, time for the pink. I've managed not to go overboard with pink, actually. I've been I, 90, I'm 90
1: so 90. surprised at myself. I went over, I've totally gone overboard with the pinky stuff. I actually <laughs> have a have chemistry degree. I'm not, I mean, I I love my pink and I love my lipstick. But I, I totally intended to buy her a pretty fair spread of giraffe stuff and sea life stuff and dinosaur stuff. And I did when I could, but... Oh, man, I have disappointed myself how much I've been drawn to the little cute pink stuff.
0: (laughs) I mean, I say I've not gone overboard on pink. She has a lot of pink, and then everything else that isn't pink, it's, like, white with, like, little bunnies on it. (laughs) Yeah. It's still super girly. Like, everything is very girly. It's so fun. (laughs) And lots of animal print. She's Mm -hmm. got lots of, like, leopard print
1: on it. Oh, I'm from New Jersey. She's... She's leaving the hospital in a little leopard print, baby hat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Love that. And just, just out of interest, which, uh, which hospital are you at?
1: I'm going to do Parkview. I have, I'm with Dr. Dahlia. Um, but with all of this going on, I think, actually, I think one of the doctors, there's five of them that work together at Parkview and one of them is stuck abroad. Um, so four of them are now taking on all the patients. So we've been, like, shuffled around a little. If I needed to get seen quicker, I might see one of the other doctors there. And so far, everyone I've met, I'm so comfortable with. So I, at least I feel good about that. How about you?
0: Um, I'm at Alzara.
1: People and, love Alzara. Uh,
0: yeah, it's quite close to us. We're in JVC. Mm-hmm. And it was where I was going before I was pregnant. So I was like, yeah, i like this hospital. We'll stay there. And... Um, you know, I did a maternity tour a couple of months ago, and I was just like, I, I sent a video to my mum, and I was like, Mum, this is like a spa.
1: Yeah. Oh, My
0: goodness, this is. We are so lucky. This is incredible. Um, I do feel very lucky to be here and Me to too. Be able to have the the medical facilities that we have here because they really are just they're incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh. And it makes me feel very calm. Same. Um, in that sense. Yes. Um, so, yeah, let, let's see if we end up uh, having our babies around the same time.
1: Yeah. I, they're going to be pretty old by the time we can have a play date, unfortunately. <laughs> yes. I
0: know. I know. Um, we'll have to do virtual ones. Yes. Until then. Yes. Um, but what I'm going to do, Hannah, is put all your information in the show notes so people can find your Instagram, your Twitter. Okay, perfect. Um and if there's anything else you'd like to share, please just let me know um, so we can also spread the word and you can continue doing your amazing work of helping people because I'm sure you're making a huge difference to a lot of people. Oh, I appreciate completely that. Confused and overwhelmed with where to even begin.
1: Mm, yes. Yeah. I hope you so. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and I wish you the best of luck with the rest of your pregnancy.
1: Thank you so much.
0: You are you are almost there.
1: Yeah, the, <laughs> you are too.
0: The last bit. Yeah, no, it's um, it, it's exciting to get to get to this stage and see see a bit of light at the end of the tunnel.
1: Are I you in there. any like little moms groups here?
0: So I am on quite a lot of Facebook groups. Yeah, and I'm also um, I can actually add I can send you the link to this group called the positive birth circle which is set up it's a whatsapp group by um, a doula called shireen uh, and she runs a community called belly baby mom and she added me to this whatsapp group only maybe a couple of weeks ago and it's so incredible there's about 80 women on there all at various different stages of pregnancies and first-time mums and mums that have multiple kids and it's just a way of Just sharing information, women message in the middle of the night. I messaged in the middle of the night the other night because I was having Braxton Hicks for the first time.
1: Oh, wow, I would love that. Because I I was going to say, you should join this little group Um, that I'm in. It's quite small, but it makes it kind of intimate. I guess it's like babies do (laughs) June, July, August, or whatever. But there's kind of a, dare I say, like a, a small core group of us within the group who were getting together like every week and now we've continued like zoom calls every week, and, um we oh, just sit down with coffee and our disheveled hair and say like this weird thing happened and that weird thing happened does it happen to you
0: <laughs> i would love it and i think that is what is so important is to have that sense of community
1: because yes especially you now know
0: many other people that are pregnant and especially now yep it's just so comforting because it can be really lonely being pregnant
1: yeah, it's become like vital to me to be in touch with them. Yeah, and you yeah. need to
0: kind of put yourself out there because there is a community there, there is support there. Mm-hmm. You just need to go and go and find it, mm-hmm. um, and you can make some really amazing friends along the way. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I will definitely um, I will send you the the WhatsApp link, and you can.
1: Thank you. Um, That'd be great.
0: Um, what I tend to do is when I wake up, I have, like, 50 unread WhatsApps. <laughs> and then I, throughout the day, just slowly go through them and see if anything kind of, you know, resonates. Oh, with that one. sounds like, oh,
1: perfect. I think I could learn okay. so much. Let me much. Start
0: that. Let me save that.
1: Yeah, um, I've been so clueless. Actually, actually, I mean, everyone I makes... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, what were you saying? Um, I've been so clueless in these groups because some of them already have kids. So I'll be, I'll be like... Why do we swaddle? Do I need swaddles and stuff like that? Because I just, I have no idea. So it's so comforting to...
0: But we don't know, do we? It's the first time. How do we know? And this is why these groups are amazing. And and Shireen, the lady that runs this particular one, I have interviewed for the podcast before. And um, she runs a lot of free virtual um, sessions as well, which are really, really informative. So... Yeah, it's, it's a really, really handy group to be part of. Um, mm-hmm. And those questions seem silly, you know, but they're not. Oh, I'm not.
1: I'm not too shy about silly you had questions. A baby, anyway. How do you know? Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, me neither. I'm
1: always like, "What's
0: this? Do I need this?
1: Why thing? does this happen do to my nipples?" <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, there's no such thing as TMI. On yeah. Groups. <laughs> yes. Exactly. There's no such thing. Hmm. <laughs> Well, well, Hannah, thank you so, so much. Thanks for
1: having and, me. This um, was like fun. I'll
0: put everything in, in the show notes. Okay. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to continue uh, following you and um, waiting for that you know, infamous uh, baby's hair post.
1: Yeah, yeah, please stay in touch.
0: <laughs> I will for sure. Thank you so All much, right. Hannah. talk to you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much once again to Hannah for sharing her amazing story. You can find links to Hannah's social pages where you can get in touch with her and join her ever-growing community in the show notes below. If you'd like to find out who my guests will be on the next episode of Bumps and Babies, please do follow us on Instagram at LifeSchoolME, where you can keep up to date with all our news and find information on all our amazing guests. And finally, I would be so grateful if you could show some love and please rate, review, and subscribe to Life School ME, the podcast, to help us reach and hopefully inspire more listeners. Thank you for listening to Life School Conversations to Inspire Action.